Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Algorithms can do so much more than control social media feeds. In fact, they have the power to save lives and improve our health. At the Weizmann Institute, Professor Yonina Eldar has pioneered innovative algorithms that optimize MRI scans and make ultrasound devices more portable, affordable, and accessible. Professor Eldar's lab develops AI tools that can pave the way to new technologies that can see, hear, and communicate beyond existing limits. Learn more at CelebratingGreatMinds.org. This week, we discuss Headliners, the new live item promo, which features some cracking cards in line for serious upgrades. Why foot gameplay feels different. Is crossing already finished? Is finishing broken? And how to get the ball in the net? I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week 20 of the Foot Weekly podcast and this week we're following a uh, not particularly dramatic Super Bowl which Steve I think did manage to push through the entirety of it. Yeah right? I did, I struggled through the uh, ball fest, yeah fans of both teams would have probably said that it was a great defensive battle but uh, I think everybody else was asleep by uh, by the third quarter. And so what happens now? What, they're going to, I don't know, the Champions League or something? No. The, Club World Cup or...? They're, no, they're, they're officially, the uh, the New England Patriots are now officially crowned world champions. Oh, right, I guess. That's it. So well, the Americans are world champions. They've really got that tied down, don't they? Sort of a, they a do. Movie. They seem to win it every year. It's, it always seems to be an American yeah. team that's world champion. Um, Interesting that. Well, I don't yeah. regularly watch the Super Bowl, but the setup the BBC have, Jason Bell and, was it Osi Omanyori? That's right. Um, who, who are both really, really entertaining people to listen to. And so I've been kind of catching the program, which is on after match of the day that they've been doing. So I thought, oh, I'll tune in and try and watch it. And to be fair, it's, it's pretty good with the fact that there are no adverts on the BBC. So you yeah. don't have to have sort of constant advert breaks. But I definitely think I would have been out of it very early if it had just been every time there was a pause, there was an ad break. Because the amount of ad yeah, breaks. Watching it on the American networks can be really challenging. Yeah. yeah. I need to get more adverts on the pod. I mean,. <laughs> Been missing out. Could have been having <laughs> every time a sentence ends, we could have got an ad break in there. Also, actually, funnily enough, Andy's just come back from the US, so um, full American, mate. Full American, despite having no Americans exactly. on the pod. How is that, Andy? You enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. Well, I went to see another different, completely different sport. If you want to turn this into a totally non-football FIFA podcast, I went to watch the UFC. So that was nice. absolutely sick. Mm, good to hear. Well, we should probably get into the actual content then. Talking of headline sporting events, we've had a headliners promo. So I'll just start off by explaining, I'm guessing everyone knows, but the idea with these is that they've had great performances throughout the first half of this season. This card will stay one inform essentially ahead of whatever special cards they have out. Now, considering, Steve, your views on Foot Future Stars, how does this compare? I'm actually nowhere near as upset by this promotion as people <laughs> would probably expect. Um, I think at least... I mean, my big beef with FFS was that there was no justification for giving the ratings. Because it's fun, these that's guys. Well, yeah, I mean, you could say that, but I mean, at least at least there's some justification in real life for these cards 
existing and for having these ratings. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's a much better promo than the uh, the FFS was. Yeah, and obviously, Andy, we didn't have you for that Foot Future Stars promo. In fact, you missed quite a lot of content. I'm yeah, guessing, I, did, I was the for Team of the Year, and I was at the UFC for Future Stars. So yeah, mm. it's been an interesting one. And so I basically, I was just telling Steve before this, I had I haven't opened, I didn't spend a penny on any of them. As good as that may sound, it's also really bad because even if I win on Scrub of the Showdown, I still lose a crap load of coins because you buy a player who's worth like 800k and you buy a few different players and you might spend like two or 300k building the rest of your team around them. And then, yeah, you win. All well and good. You haven't discarded your players, but you're, some, there's some magical thing, right? If you want to make coins on... In fact, it's not even that. If you want to lose coins on FIFA, wait until I'm recording a Scrub of the Showdown and buy the player I'm doing it on. Wait an hour and come back and it'll be worth 100k less. It's absolutely magical. And then you lose your 5% tax. And basically, I'm just piddling away coins even when I win. So, I, as good as it is... You're going to have to open some packs soon. Yeah, I need to open some packs. So, I went in on the headliners packs and got a decent bit of pack luck. And I'm currently clearing out my club at the moment. Selling everything. Who did you pack during headliners? I got Rashford yesterday. That was pretty good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah sold like nice. 700k. So that was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just like, I got a Mbappe. Obviously, he's not a headliner, but I just got an Mbappe couple of other walkouts, mm. loads of other random stuff. It wasn't too bad. I got that headliner Zayech, but he's not really worth anything. No, he's like the cheapest, yeah, isn't he? Um, so you're saying you quite like headliners and actually foot future stars you didn't have a problem with, thought it was quite fun? Yeah, I doesn't, at this point, FIFA, foot, not FIFA, foot is just basically a trading card game at this point, isn't it? Let's be honest. People have gone mental for years, like, there's nothing to do, it's so boring, I'm just waiting for team of the season. And then stuff comes out and they're like, this is shit, what are you doing? It's like, <laughs> you just can't win, can you? I don't know. But I yeah, think they're all fine. I like, feel like, Steve, you're vaguely justified in your views on Foot Future Stars because I don't think you are the kind of person who says, oh, there's nothing to do until team of the season. So um, you're not being hypocritical as such. But yeah, I, I thought it was pretty fun. And also, I think headliners is a really great idea. Like it, it does correlate with actual performance. Like These players have played well in the first half of the season, hence they have these cards. They're also going to stay ahead of their inform. So not only are they worth buying like a one to watch but they've actually got an additional boost. So yeah, I think it's a winner. Um, I don't think we're going to see one to watch, to be honest. I think we might see Lunar New Year still, but I don't think we'll see one to watch. I think this is essentially a replacement for yeah, one to watch. Yeah, because the January transfer window was absolutely shocking, so they've just made their own. Yeah, the big man himself, Peter Crouch, that could, uh, that could possibly sell some packs. But apart from that, yeah, I really think that they were better off just leaving one to watch and replacing it with this, which... Seems a, a a really good promo, and uh, there's some really nice cards in there, and they've obviously picked out ones which are quite usable, like Lala is, as we know, a really good card. There's loads of really competitive players in there, and and um, someone I wanted to mention was Dembele because I, I don't know about both of you, but Osman Dembele has given me an absolute nightmare in a couple of games, like a sub. I think people with his red foot champs card, and he's, he's got five star weak foot, four star skills, and 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 he feels really agile, really nippy on the ball, and actually his sort of eighty six rated card has really nice stats so i think he could be a bit of a danger i don't know if there's anyone else just to quickly look at that squad who you guys think could be an interesting interesting player i think for anybody that has a bundesliga side the sommer card there's always been a shortage of decent goalkeepers in the bundesliga but now with sommer and um the ucl Wait, live there's always farm. been a shortage of decent goalkeepers in the bundesliga yeah i don't think there's been what you I feel call... like it's one of the best leagues for goalkeepers no i don't think there's been a, what you'd call great goalkeepers in the bundesliga normally you just stuck with neuer but you know there's a, there's a real top tier goalkeeper but i think you've now got neuer sommer farm hmm. and sommer's only oh, 40, yeah. he's going for 41k at the time of recording this which is that's really cheap but actually the, the thing about that summer card is he's only six foot i'm not sure i quite trust uh Shorter goalkeepers this year? I don't know. Don't trust any goalkeeper Maybe. this year, to be honest, mate. Don't <laughs> trust anybody, ever. <laughs> in fact, no, you say that. You can't kick it in the goal anymore, so it's fine. Just pick who you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's an alright squad. Like, I don't know, Andy, if you have any players in there that you wanted to give a mention to. I tried that Rashford and he looks pretty... I mean, I'm already, I can't see myself putting any of them into my Road to Glory team, but I tried the Rashford. He was good. Obviously, Lala. Like, everyone loves Lala. Mm. Son, I wasn't blown away for a mil. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of coins for Alexandro. I don't know. I bought Alexandro's eighty-eight on my road to glory because I just had spare coins sitting around, and I was like, Do you know what? Mm. I may as well just try it just to see what it's like. 
And fair play, yeah, he's probably the best left back on the game. Maybe Telez, maybe obviously, well, obviously, team the Marcelo, but like, there's not enough noticeable difference to be spending. Like, well, that one, one now is 560k instead of 50. And it's like, yeah, unless yeah. you've already got a team where everyone in every other position is worth like a million plus, you're not spending 600k on a left back, are you? Like, there's no point. I don't know. The biggest criticism I've seen of these is they've made informs pointless, but I actually think that's quite good because. If you have got mega coins and want to buy the best card, obviously you just get this one and it'll upgrade each time. But if you don't, mm. now the informs... Like, say, for example, Marquinhos gets another inform and you want something to pair up with Thiago Silva. That inform would have been, like, 200, 250k. Whereas now this card will be the one that's 250k and the inform might only be, like, 150 because nobody actually really wants it. They want the headliner. So I think it's quite good and it's made yeah, yeah, yeah. the lower-rated informs a bit more accessible to people. So I quite like it. Yeah, and I think they've got a good spread of cards here. I was going to say a quick mention for Zapata, who looks like an absolute tank. And actually, pretty soon after this team got released, he got a man of the match card, so um, went up. And in head to head, he's got four star skills. He's got so he's got four star skills, four star weak foot. He's pretty much got maxed out strength, and is obviously quick as well, and really good at shooting. Um, looks quite nice with an engine. Actually, I was having a look at him. Certainly, when you see skill move weak foot upgrades. I'm assuming they'll do them because they have done them every year for a long time now. But yeah, with engine, he looks pretty strong. He's got like 78 agility, uh, 99 strength, 90 reactions, 92, 93 dribbling, 92 ball control. Um, his short passing is probably, well, his passing generally is probably his only weakness um, at 81, but he's got 98 shot power and 92 finishing, completely unboosted. Um, this is stats with engine. So yeah, he looks really good. And also, talking about kind of weak foot skill move upgrades, I think we mentioned last week Rashford should get an upgrade to five star skills. So his card be will be sick. very attractive, especially as the striker options in the Premier League, like central players, kind of limited. So I think he's quite an interesting one, although he's really expensive already. Just something that I was going to raise one concern with uh, the headliners primer is that if, if a few of these cards do happen to get a couple of team of the weeks, say in the next month or two, isn't there a danger that it might detract from the impact of team of the season? Because we're going to have some incredibly high-rated cards if that happens. It is only the equivalent of them having one more yeah, inform plus one, before they it? get their team of the season. Because when you get into ridiculous level it's team of the seasons, once you get past 85, you're going to get a plus one for an inform, don't you? So it's only a plus one. Otherwise, if you're below 85 and getting your team of the season, it's not going to be 99 anyway, is it? It's going to be like a 90. Yeah, yeah. fair point. I mean, it's a nice team full of nice cards, and it's a good promo. Everyone loves uh, live items. Overall, pretty positive. So, obviously, quite a few promos since Team of the Season, or Team of the Year even. Andy, do you think this is going to be a regular pattern from now on, just continual promos? I mean, I hope so. It keeps... it keeps So long as it's not the same players over and over again, and so long as it's different players from that have already got special cards, I am absolutely fine with it, and honestly think that it makes the game better. So... My mm. biggest gripe with this game at the start, like, gameplay aside, because we can go on about that for ages, and I'm sure we will do a little bit later on because of the new patch. My biggest gripe was the fact that every single game I played against Courtois, Varane, Sergio Ramos, Courtois, Varane, Sergio Ramos, and then occasionally you might switch them around and have Ramos, Varane, Courtois with the centre-back switched away. But honestly, it was literally the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over, and it just drove me mental. It was just so boring, but now... If they're going to bring out... I liked the Future Stars thing because it was players that you would never, ever, ever play against. And then all of a sudden you've got these good cards and people are making different teams. And people are like La Liga striker and left centre mid in a 4-3-3 because I don't have to use Coutinho at left wing. I can get Vinicius. Obviously he's ridiculously expensive. But you know what I mean? Like Just the variety mm-hmm. levels increase. So then if they pick another random batch of cards that nobody ever uses and they're like, here you go have a crap load of informs or have a crap load of special cards honestly fine by me go for it like every, every week it's like that scene on the in between us every week not every week <laughs> every week <laughs> yeah do it every week I'm all for it I think it's quite an interesting point and it's like they've never done this before if they do it we've had foot future stars that was cool players that d- didn't have boosts at all really were getting big boosts and that made things uh, exciting in that way this is live dynamic items so it's obviously there's that aspect to it you just feel like when are we going to get to that promo where the cards aren't quite as good as these last two promos and people are going to be like this is terrible or you get to a point where they just keep making the cards better and better and then 
we kind of see a, a game where all the cards are ridiculously good. Actually, the game isn't really made for teams which have almost their whole squad being ridiculously maxed out and it makes the gameplay a bit unbalanced. While I want the promos and think these cards are great and would love to see more variety in teams, and I think that's really important, I'm kind of wary of the fact that, I guess we talked about it a bit, when the Panthers was on, this kind of power creeps kind of seeping into the game and, and making all the players ridiculously high rated. But then on the one hand, you know, I guess that makes things more equal and fair because if this is going to bring down the prices of the top rated cards before team of the season for the first time in a long time. So maybe What you've got to remember as well is your intro was Welcome to the Foot Weekly Podcast, week 20. Mm. Do you not want good players until the end of the year where, oh, you get to use some team of the seasons that are really good for August and nobody gives a shit? Or it's week 20, like we're almost halfway through the game cycle. At what point do you start giving like this team of the year but that I in my opinion team of the year is completely obsolete because only the elite can afford them I, I don't think there's ever been a mm. year apart f- since FIFA 15 when you could buy a million coins for four quid that I've actually owned team of the year cards just because they're yeah, so uh, expensive what is it on an RTG or yeah okay yeah no do you know what like I actually having given my answer and thought about it and heard your response I'm perfectly happy for team of the year to kind of be the the watershed moment like you have almost two content periods in the game like up until team of the year and then yeah, after team of the year when you just yeah. yeah it's kind of like two eras of foot where you see these big upgrades for the rest of the game and maybe for the first half of the game it's more about like you know the smaller boosts and informs are more important and things like that so someone tweeted me there's obviously this big fifa point thing who said that it's going to be amazing because now they're going to have to give everyone Ronaldo and they're going to have to give everyone Messi and they're going to have to give everyone Prime Hullet and everyone's going to have (laughs) this amazing team within a couple of months of playing the game and I was like honestly like you were there as well Ben at the capture event you don't want that it's Mm. so boring like after after a couple of days the novelty wears off and you just don't know because we had access to accounts with every single card on the whole game at release obviously Mm. they didn't they hadn't designed this as a pattern at that point but like all of the Prime icons and all of the normal cards were on this account it gets so boring. Like the point of FIFA is the journey. It shouldn't be stairs where you have power level this and it's like that for four months and then you get team of the year and it's a huge jump and it stays the same like that and then you get team of the season and it's a huge jump. I think there should be like a gradual hill where the cards just constantly keep getting better and better and better and better and better till you get to team of the season rather than just having Varane and it's team of the year and you've still unless you've got billions of coins you've still just really got Varane you might get an informed Varane if you're feeling cheeky mm. and then you get team of the season but by that point there's only a month left of the game that anyone really wants to play this should be like a gradual yeah. increase in power as you like the power I think there should be a power creep and then by the end yeah everyone will have mental teams but that's what they want and they've only got like a month of the game left because it gets boring after a week anyway you don't want to give everyone an insane team at the start and you don't want to give everyone an insane team right at the end because they'll never use it. It needs to like gradually increase over time. So I, I quite like that it. Keep them coming. I think that there has to be some kind of balance in terms of the power creep. I, I think that it has to be exactly that. It has to be a creep. As long as there's a ceiling above the level of cards that are introduced earlier so that there is room for the increase, you know, as I was saying with the uh, headliners promotion, as long as there's room above that tier of cards for, for more overpowered cards to be introduced in Team of the Season and what have you, I don't think it's a particular problem as long as it is fairly late in the game cycle. Yeah, actually Andy and I were discussing there's this issue around the impact of chemistry styles on top-end cards because basically a lot of the time you're almost maxing out a card by putting a chemistry style on which defeats the point of upgrades at the top end or special cards at the top end. So it would kind of make sense maybe in future to run a system whereby there's like the base stats and that is reached by getting 10 chem, 100 team chemistry instead of boosting players beyond that. Yeah, I th- we, we were talking about this loads, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, interesting discussion. So I, one thing I was going to say, just well quickly, is they could just make everyone 10 ratings lower. I don't see why that's an issue. I don't, it, it's probably a marketing thing, having Ronaldo suddenly become 84 rated. It's a terrible idea, but I don't know why they don't just do that. But yeah, we were discussing this, weren't we? Because, yeah, we spoke to the gameplay guys. And everyone listening to this podcast is going to, will probably agree with us that gameplay in foot is different to gameplay in head-to-head. What we spoke to the guys about is that essentially it isn't. Like the actual gameplay is the same. The difference is chemistry makes the players better, essentially. 
take take this summer for example. If you whack a chem style on him, his stats go from all eighty eight or eighty nine to all ninety eight or ninety nine with a basic chem style ten chem as you should be playing this FIFA, and 100, I say you should be, you can do what you want, but like, knowing this information, like, you should be having all your players on 10 chem, he gets up to 99 or 98 in every single stat, with just a basic chem style, full chem, 100 chem team. Mm. Like you said, Ben, I think it should only be chemistry, maybe it shouldn't only be negative, because then, for example, you have very specific ones, like Hunter, so then Hunter should maybe give plus 5 to pace and shooting but then it, I suppose it would detract from the others to give it to them a little bit I don't know but yeah I agree with you the baseline if you've got someone on 10 chemistry with a 100 chem team and a basic chem style they should get the stats that are on their card they shouldn't get better stats that's why the game feels different in foot and head to head and I don't understand why this baseline's been set I think it's 5 chemistry per on the player and 50 so basically everyone on 5 chem and 55 team chem with no loyalty no manager obviously Gives with a basic chem style the stats that are actually on the card. So if we ran around with a 55 chem team, our team would actually play like head to head. And everyone says head to head's better gameplay yeah. or something. And it's know, because all of lines. the cards are all super juiced off having 10 yeah, chemistry yeah. and getting ridiculous. Speaking of power creep, there's no point giving Sommer another special card. He's already got 99 in every stat. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, goalkeepers are especially good example of how chemistry is stupid, kind of yeah. crazy. Yeah, but that's why you know we were talking before about how how good De Gea is basically because all keepers kind of max out anyway beyond a certain point, and he's just got especially good reactions and height. So I think I don't know whether they'd actually ever do this. They'll probably end up revamping things beyond what we currently know foot to be before this happens. But if they set a baseline of say with chemistry, with full chemistry, your players will play as they would if they're in head-to-head, so without any boosts, then that would probably be a much more balanced game. Like, if you've if you've played this year with Silvers, admittedly this was before the patch, so finesse shots were still kind of OP even with Silvers, but there was some that daily objective where you had to play with a silver team, or was it the MLS one maybe, things like that. I do feel like the gameplay is much better for it because the kind of balance of stats and fact that everyone isn't maxed out really makes the game feel more as it should I think and clearly like the game isn't built to be played with players who have all 99s pretty much so yeah I think it would be a a positive if they did that it would probably lead to a more balanced game and it would also allow EA to do more boosts to special cards in the knowledge that it wasn't going to be game breaking basically it's just I don't see it as particularly likely they will unfortunately but still that's also why players with you can get a player with three ridiculous stats who's kind of crap but he's really good at three things. And then you put a chemistry style on him that boosts the other three things. And all of a sudden, he's this god on foot. Yeah, yeah. Physicality and pace are so important, right? Because they don't boost people's overall that much. So you can have like a maestro exactly. on someone with high yeah. pace and physical and, it's and something they're actually really good. For some reason, the baseline is set at five chemistry instead of 10 yeah. to give the card stats. So then if you get somebody 10 chemistry, obviously if they've already got high pace, maybe they've got someone super agile and they've got like high pace and high dribbling. And that's never going to... It doesn't go down. If you if you, I put a sniper on him to not give him boosts to his pace and dribbling, he doesn't lose any, which, again, I think is a little bit weird. Like, if you're focusing all of the... But it's because he gets boosts on everything from basic, isn't it? And it's taken them away, which... It's taken the boosts away rather than taking the stats away. I don't know. It's a bit stupid. So then you can put a sniper on him, give him 90 shooting, 90 passing as well, and he's an absolute god, and he's, like, 84 rated or something like that. I don't know. It's a bit silly. Yeah, and I think that chemistry definitely needs looking at I think there are some issues. I think in some ways it's pretty positive, but you're right that the stats balance needs looking at. And, and actually chemistry styles were nerfed this year fairly significantly in quite a subtle way. So if they continue to do that, that is going to mean that chemistry becomes less important. And hopefully that creates more balance and actually makes special cards a bit more special, I suppose, at that top end. And I guess we'll have to see how it develops as we move forward. And talking of things developing, it's obviously been a week after the patch now, and we've all had a chance to get to grips with it. In the second half, we're going to be discussing whether the crossing meta is finished, whether finishing is broken, and what are the best ways of finishing. See you in just a second. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. 
Hey, what's up, guys? It's Kazoo here, and you're listening to the Foot Weekly podcast. So normally, you know, we make some joke about having a break, but we actually didn't really have one. So, Andy, let's get straight into it. What are your thoughts on crossing? And am I right in thinking you feel you just haven't had the same success with it? Yeah, it's not that. It's so the thing with me is it's the confusion between the two words or phrases or anagrams. I don't know what they are, but OP and meta. So for people who don't know, meta is actually a whatever it is where you take the first letter from each thing. Most effective tactic available. So it's the most effective way to play is essentially what the meta is like. Even if you don't agree with it, that it's called that, that's what it stands for. That is what it is. It's the mo- it's the best way to that's play. That's what people use it yeah. for, yeah, yeah. So it, the meta is the most effective way to play the game or the easiest way to score. So the meta was to finish shots because that was the most effective way to score. The meta on one of the old FIFAs would have been chip through balls, stuff like that. OP mm. means overpowered like it shouldn't be that good crossing is the meta but it isn't op that's what people are getting confused with it's not broken you don't score you don't play a game and win 4-3 and it's seven crosses it's not it's not time finesses from the edge of the box it's not overpowered and needs nerfing it's just one of the new effective ways or it's not even new that's the thing that people don't understand you it hasn't changed you've always been able to do it it's just in the hierarchy of effectiveness being bumped up a position because time finesse doesn't work anymore. So it used to be the mm. third most effective way to score, whereas now it's the second most effective way to score. And people have gone absolutely mental for it, and I just don't understand it. Like They've got totally lost their minds because they can't score time finesses and gone crazy for this crossing thing. And yeah, it's good. You can score crosses because it's football, but it's not like, holy shit, build your whole team, just cross, just cross. Like You can still just score normal goals. Like It's not this end-game breaking thing. I honestly don't understand it. People have gone mental. Like It's as if they took time for Nestle and everyone's just lost their mind because the game's so different. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So Steve, what's your view on that? Because obviously you did, you were a key exponent of it uh, in the early days. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think it's really more of a, maybe more of a glitch in that it, it does expose that mismatch between potentially a very tall camp getting matched up against a fullback who are obviously a bit short and not quite as powerful. I, I'm that's, not a glitch. Of... that's not a glitch, is it? Though? That's, that's... that's just for well, yeah. no? And then you've got a time okay, player yeah. on the centre-back instead. So it's just... Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking... Yeah, okay, fair point. I, I, I'm talking about it more in terms of an actual video game as opposed to... Uh, actual game of soccer! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm kind of prepared to to climb down from it to an extent. I mean, you've got to remember that, that we were talking about this before the patch actually dropped. So mm. it was more a case of, of trying to anticipate what the new meta would be. Andy's saying that you're not going to get games that finish 4-3 and they're all headers. I've had games where I've scored four or five goals and they've all been headers. But I'm, I'm kind of... One of the things that I'm realising now as I've tried it with different players, more of a variety, is that it's really more of a... It's like the Ibrahimovic meta as opposed to the crossing meta because it will only work with certain players with certain characteristics. So unless you've got your Ibra, your Bale, that type of player, um, you can pretty much forget about it. Have you found it less effective since the patch or a few days after the patch? No, I I haven't found it's changed at all. Because I was going to say, you made a good point, Ben, about people not defending it properly. And I really struggled in the first day or two after the patch to even... I mean, I still struggled to score. I'm sure we're going to come on to that. But I struggled to even get a create a chance. And it was because I had mm. to completely adapt my whole attacking style. And now people mm. have had to adapt their whole defensive style. So pr- before the patch, you, it would have been super easy for you to run down the line and cross the ball in and score a header because all people cared about was stopping you cutting back, doing a drag back and doing a time finesse. Whereas now, if yeah. you want to do a drag back and do a time finesse, knock yourself out, mate. Do as many as you want. It's not going in the goal. So now people are more set up to defend the crosses and defend the one-twos and stuff. So I think it's interesting. And I found it has got a lot less effective and it's become a lot harder to cross because you used to be able to just run down the line, do an El Tornado, whip it in the box. But people actually stop you crossing it now. I'd, I'd agree with you there, Andy, 100%. If, if you can cut out the cross at source... Obviously, it's nowhere near as effective because you're not creating that chance. But as soon as the ball does come into the box, and if it coincides with a with a run, you know, rather than a standing start from your cam at the far post, they're still going to go in. Yeah, I would definitely agree with Andy in that I scored quite a lot 
in the time before the patch actually came out when people were expecting time finesse shots and I was crossing it in because they just didn't expect that at all. It's one of those things where certainly initially it was effective even on the patch, but as people realised that this was an effective method of scoring, certainly if you're playing you know, a really good standard of player, he's going to be much more aware of the fact you're going to cross it in than he would have been previously and the fact that that could be a goal-scoring opportunity, basically echoing what you've just said, really, Andy. But I found people, especially over the course of the last weekend in the league, very, very effective at stopping the cross at source. And when I was in a crossing position, often they were so intent on blocking the cross that it made more sense to cut inside. So because crossing was seen as something which was a very effective way of scoring and because I had Ibrahimovic, way more often than not, they're going to open up the room for you to cut inside or maybe even go further on the outside to get into the, you know, to the byline to cut it back. So it was one of those things where because it became such a known thing at the sort of higher levels of FIFA play, it meant that it was something that I just ended up using as kind of a bait rather than actually a method, if that makes sense. That, that's bound to happen as well, Ben. I mean, people do anticipate that drag back, so you've always got the option now of instead of doing the drag back and exiting to the inside so you can get the cross in, you can just do the drag back and then come out of it forwards if you like so you can attack the, the, the byline. Um, and like you say, there is always going to be this interplay of, of chess almost. Um, but in terms of defending it as well, I think we have to give a massive shout out to the guys from the Foot Weekly Pod for explaining that the best way to, to deal with these headers is to power up the circle yourself and use the circle to clear it because a lot of players have still been using X with headers to try and make sure that they retain possession You know, when they're, when they're clearing the header. Mm. And I think more people are more keyed in now to the fact that you, you've just got to power up the circle and get it, get it away. From a perspective of somebody who, who sees a lot of videos, the coaching videos that I do, a lot of people will complain like, oh, I conceded this BS goal or that BS goal. And a lot of these are own goals or where a deflection has fallen to the, to the opponent. And a lot of these opportunities, they wouldn't have arisen in the first place if, if the, the defender, the, the guy who's conceded the BS goal, had just cleared it in the first place. And uh, it's, it's a common problem amongst people that they do tend to still try and play it out from the back all the time. This year especially, especially with the constant pressure tactic as well, this year, eight, nine times out of ten, you're probably better off just clearing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also there's there's got to be a bit of um, considering the context of your clearance. You know, if, if you are completely open and there's a player for you to pass it down to, then, you know, do do that. It's just in most situations, someone's going to be bearing down on you pretty quickly. You might as well just get out. Um, so let's let's talk about scoring because, as Andy was alluding to, it feels like after the patch, mainly because of the fact finesse was so effective, we really are all looking around for the most effective way to score now. And to be honest, isn't that just how FIFA should be? You know, scoring is not an easy thing. And in my view, and, and this is totally up for debate, it feels like FIFA is a better game for it. Andy, what are your thoughts? I agree. It's a step in the right direction, but it's still, in my opinion, not perfect. I prefer it. See, the problem with it is that as annoying and as ridiculous as the finesse shot patch thing was, like you're going to have to take this with a pinch of salt because I only ever played the first 15 games of foot champs. But most weeks, like I am not some incredible professional god-tier FIFA player. It's just when you start foot champs, like if you play solid and play consistently, you will deserve to win most games. Like It's not until you get into gold and like gold one and stuff that you start playing people and you're like, holy shit, please just give me the ball. What are you doing? Why are you so good at this game? So I would play like 14 games and hands on heart would genuinely deserve to win 14 of them. And there would always be one game where you kind of get screwed. Now, obviously, you can go into arguments about whether this should be a thing or not. But if I've had 15 finesse shots from the edge of the box perfectly timed, it was FIFA 19 and that was the game and I was expecting sometimes you just get well unlucky and you block them all or hit the post six times and you end up losing 3-2 or something like that to his four finesse shots and you've absolutely battered the guy you've had like 65% possession on the edge of his box constantly shooting anyway as an, as stupid as that was and as annoying of a fun strategy for playing the game the person who was better at it won in my experience I would have each week, sometimes I would just play someone who's better than me and I would just lose and I'd end up like 14 and 2 or 14 and 3. But most weeks, the first 14 games, I should 
I would usually deserve to win basically all of them. And I would win all of them by one or two. Whereas now, you can absolutely batter someone. And whilst, yeah, it's more fun and it's more like football, it's not fun playing a game, absolutely beating the crap out of someone and then losing 2-1 because you've hit the post six times from in the box and four of the other shots have gone straight at the keeper for no reason, even though you're pointing at the corner. And two other shots have been perfectly green-timed in the box but have gone wide of the post. And then he scores a corner and a, and a rebound and you're just like... What there's, there's different elements to it yes it's more fun and yes it's more like real football but at the same time it's less fun because the person who's better at the game doesn't win as often as they should now it's got like before you'd win 90, if you were better at time finessing and better at defending and better at setting up the time finesse you'd win like 90% of the games that you should and you'd just get really really pissed off at the 10% whereas now it's, I'm obviously just making these numbers up it's maybe like 75% two thirds or something like that you'll win and the other third it just comes down to random luck and RNG and scoring corners and getting jammy rebounds and oh god I hit the post six times so sorry one of the really interesting things about this I think I'm interested to know whether you'd agree it like if you were to watch a FIFA game now yes finesse shots were ridiculous so obviously it looks way more like real football anyway but actually the chance conversion almost does look more like real football as well in the sense that in real football a team will batter a t- an opposition team look like they should win comfortably based on like i don't know, expected goals you know you don't convert some of your key chances and they score on the break and you lose it's like way more yeah but you're looking at like football. premier league football whereas me playing against but, an eight-year-old who's just got fifa for his birthday isn't <laughs> is like man city playing against a it can't be that team. bad again <laughs> do you know what i mean like there's people that you should be beating yeah, yeah. 6-0 and you'll lose 1-0 to them. And this is the thing, I'm kind of agreeing with you in a sense that this is probably like a bigger debate around how realistic do you want football, to, uh, do you want FIFA to be, basically. Yeah. But I, I agree that I have had loads of those games as well. And I much prefer it to the finesse shot meta because it feels way more satisfying to actually score goals. Yeah. Um, and the game feels better for it, in my view. But I kind of totally get what you're saying in terms of, for me, I don't know whether this is, something Steve would agree with, one-on-ones and finishing in the box feels too ineffective, essentially. And I don't know what it is. It feels like more chances should be going in inside the box than actually are going in. The amount of open goals, like I've ended up missing this weekend, has been ridiculous. And I'm not saying this has changed since the patch. It's just I'm getting into more one-on-one situations. It's because, because they're now the deciding the game. That's the issue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you would you would look at, overlook the fact you missed a one-on-one because A, you wouldn't be getting those situations that often because they weren't the most effective ways of scoring. And also when you got in the position to score one-on-ones and you missed, well, a couple of minutes later, you probably scored a finesse shot. So you didn't really worry about it. And now it's becoming way more obvious to the player that those misses in one-on-one situations or even open goals um, are much more frustrating than they were before. Do you think, Steve, though, this is... And I think we can agree that that this is the case, that it feels like there are a lot more missed one-on-ones, missed XG opportunities, I suppose you'd say, than there should be. But is this, Steve, because people don't know how to finish because they haven't been asked to do so for most of the game? Or is it because there's genuinely issues around sort of finishing uh, in the game mechanics. Well, yeah, I mean, to to start off with a kind of broader overview and then perhaps narrow it down a bit from there, I think that when a patch like this comes out, naturally FIFA players are going to fall into one of two camps. There are going to be the people who are getting better results after the patch and they're going to love the patch. And there are going to be people who are getting worse results after the patch and they're obviously going to hate it. So that's always going to happen. To get to your point about, about finishing one-on-ones, I think that timed finishing is more important now than ever. I think that if you if you do hit a green shot from inside the box, you've got a very high chance of that going in. And I think that a mistake that, that people are making is that because the, the timed finesse has been nerfed so heavily... They're kind of overlooking the finesse altogether. There are still, if you're in the area and your player's body position is opened up for the finesse shot, you still have to take that finesse shot. And I think that if you if you select the right shot, if you uh, if you make sure that you've got the timed finish going on, 
it's still perfectly possible to to score from from one on one chances. Probably more so than ever, I would say. In fact, um, before but, you say anything, it can't be more so than ever because it's exactly the same. No, I, I think that they have actually. I think that they've buffed it. I think that they've made it easier to score one on ones. They did. They did actually in the patch. Yeah, yeah it was I, only it was only slightly. They basically made it. I don't know whether you saw that graphic where they were basically trying to make it so that your shots were slightly more likely to go inside of the post. Oh really? Um, okay, I can one on one. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure about the time finishing inside the box effectiveness. I had a situation where I was through on goal with Neymar. You know, the keeper was a good distance away. Uh, Neymar's under pretty much no pressure at all. He's obviously got really good composure. He's got maxed out finishing. And I go timed finesse sort of across the keeper slightly, perfectly green. Keeper's in a good position and the keeper still saves it. And you kind of think in those situations, you know, the keeper also wasn't being moved manually either. You just think in that situation, 99 finishing, green timed. I mean, really, even if they've got 80 finishing, strong foot, obviously Neymar's five star week for anyway, it should go in every time. And for me, that's one of the issues at the moment. I have had one-on-ones so many times when quite clearly, you know, I've timed it. It should just go in, surely. Like, why not? I mean, I've done all the work. But I don't. I maintain that if, if if you learn the the correct shots for the the correct positions on the pitch, that the one and ones go in. Yeah, the thing is, right in this whole with this whole thing, I'm completely happy to be proven wrong in that early days in a patch, the default reaction by a lot of the community, and I'd say not normally myself to be honest, is that uh, there are serious issues with the game, and really the truth is that they just haven't learned how things should work and the most effective uh, choices in particular situations. Yeah, do you remember the whole dribbling fiasco at the start of the game where everyone was saying players can't take first touches and go men? Like, people were going mental at me for saying that it was fine. Oh, you love EA. Mm. Oh, you're such a shill. And I ended up making this Twitter video and putting it on Twitter and yeah. being like, this is how you do it. Stop being a moron. Yeah. Learn to play the game instead of just crying. It was some, like, pros as well. Like just Yeah, I had pros behind me being like, holy shit, thanks for this video. It also comes down to like, why on earth do we not get a manual that tells you every single thing about yeah, the game? Yeah, that is also true. Like I learned the other day from one of the devs that when you're shooting, if you actually aim at the corner, it makes your shot more likely to go in. Everyone plays FIFA on so, so assisted settings that if you've got assisted on and you point it in general towards the left of the goal and you've got Neymar and you press shoot, he's obviously going to kick the ball in the left corner. Mm. But if you actually point your stick at the left corner, not off past the goal or not just to the left of the centre, it's more likely to go in. I didn't know that that was a thing. Like, There's so many things in this game that we just don't know about. I know some of the problem is the fact that we don't know it and people just don't understand the game, so then just get oh, it's broken, and it's not. They're just completely missing mm. this key thing, but it never gets communicated to us. Like, how have I only just learned that after playing FIFA for, like, eight years? That should be, like, a really yeah, obvious yeah. thing that's told to you when you're learning the game, or it should be in tutorials or in the manual that I would have read when I was a kid and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I know what you mean, actually. Like, especially there's a lot of confusion around... For example, you were saying you haven't have crossing on manual just because that's something you'd selected a while ago, I assume, and you were like, oh, my crossing isn't working at all. So I was saying, oh, well, have you checked your controller settings? And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm on manual crossing. And and people often don't think about that stuff. Like someone sent this clip of them making a run. Uh, it was basically like a long ball making a run and their attacking player just kind of stops dead, like stops running as they play the through ball. Um, and the reason that that happened, which a lot of people complain about that, it's basically because they had air ball auto switching on like none. So it means that as soon as you switch to a player, they're not going to continue the run that the AI is making. They're just going to do what's on your controller. Auto switch move assistance is what it is. Yeah. 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 Auto switch move assistance. So as soon as you switch to a player, they're just going to kill their run because they immediately respond to your input, which unless you're already holding the run in the right direction, exactly. They're going to veer off their course or they're just going to stop running. So there are lots of, things and i think you're totally right that people just don't know and and how are they expected to know do you know what i mean like you're a really committed player who plays the game extensively yeah i can actually talk to the developers and i've only just found yeah (laughs) 
and, and this guy he's, he plays loads and loads of games it does feel crazy that one of the reasons people do complain so much i think is because there just isn't the kind of knowledge base in the community and in fairness yeah you're trying to do these pitch notes and i know there's one coming soon around gameplay so i'm really looking forward to um seeing that but it it is one of those things that we need more of those and, and need to keep updating them and keep them coming because there are so many aspects to the game which people just actually aren't going to ever be able to pick up information about even if they're hardcore players yeah it feels bad saying this because and this is definitely not if any of them listen to the podcast a digger like joel or tom or whoever's writing the pitch notes because at the end of the day it's not their job to write the pitch or it shouldn't be their job to write the pitch notes they're the developers of the game and i suppose they have the best in-depth knowledge of it so they can they are the best person to write the pitch notes but at the same time, like I know just from sitting here trying to plan a FIFA series, you can sit there for like five hours and get absolutely nowhere when you're trying to make a document that makes sense to other people about a really specific mm. topic. So I'm writing down how I want this new series to work and I've got to show it to my graphics designer to create like the overlays and the rule structure and all stuff like that to go on the screen. And in my head, it makes perfect sense to put like a little phrase and that I know exactly what that means, but actually writing it out for other people is really, really difficult, and it clearly takes absolutely fucking ages for them to write these pitch notes articles. It needs to be somebody's actual job to write the pitch notes articles, so that there is a, by the time FIFA 20 comes out, there is a pitch notes article and an online manual of every single thing in the game. Like, why is the things that people don't know? It's so stupid. Like, it's not Joel's fault, because it's not his job. He needs to be making the game. It's not Tom's fault, because it's his job to be making the game. But it needs to be someone's fucking job to tell us how it actually works. It's so stupid. I mean, do, do we remember the days when, when video games used to come out with, with a manual, a manual yeah. on, on how to play the game rather than just a coupon to give you 10% off your next online purchase from some sports brand. I mean, you used to get a little booklet explaining all of this in detail. I, I don't know if it's because overheads are so high in terms of printing it on paper, so they'd just rather do it electronically, but it's definitely something that's absent from the game and it's something that shouldn't be. It's, it's an interesting point because I think, actually, you know, in fairness... I like the nostalgic idea of the sort of paper manual, but really they wouldn't have told you about uh, auto-switching. You know, those kind of things. It's not that in-depth. And these are the kind of things that your casual player probably doesn't really care about that much. But, you know, if you're in this hardcore group of players who are playing probably only about 10 15%, but still a huge number of actual people, um, they should be catering to those people by providing them with really in-depth stuff. And, you know, in fairness to EA, we know they are trying to do this and, and put them out, but really the quantity of pitch notes they've produced on gameplay specifically you know they've done the patch notes but that hasn't been a huge amount just generally informative stuff so hopefully we see more as you say you you feel like you need someone specific there just producing these things keeping them up to date uh, making sure we all have that kind of knowledge base to to work off really so just to quickly wrap up this section i want to get our thoughts and i know you know it's relatively early days for um, discussions around the gameplay, although you know, we, we, as we've just highlighted, you're constantly finding out things, and we'll come back to this 100%. And if anyone has any ideas themselves, just get in touch. But what Steve has been the kind of key pointers in terms of finishing for you over these this past week of the patch? I, I don't think there's ever been a time where time finishing has been more important. I think it's mm-hmm. very important to get the, the green shots inside the area. I think going back to your example with the finesse shot, I think that you've got to make sure that you're discriminating between positions where you're better off just hitting it with power past the keeper from close range as opposed to trying to place it when perhaps you don't get so much power on the shot, it gives the keeper more time to react. There are so many different situationals that it's difficult to give broad, overarching advice, really. The most important thing that I'd say, which would apply to any kind of finishing position, is make sure that you've got timed finishing down to a fine art. It will make a huge difference in the amount of chances that you convert. And uh, Andy, what about you? My current tactic is throw enough shit at the wall and some of it will stick. So I'm probably <laughs> the best person to ask. I batter someone, have 14 shots, maybe some of them will go One game, five of them will go in, and one game, one of them will go in, and they'll all be the exact same shot. I don't know. The Harry Kane philosophy, uh, what do they call him, a volume shooter? You just you just take a lot of shots from pretty much anywhere and do it hard, and they tend to not from anywhere from like good shooting point. positions. But maybe I'm choosing the wrong shot or something like that. I don't know, but it just doesn't go in. 
This is another thing, actually. You, you've reminded me of something that I've seen happen a lot, and I've started trying it more this weekend. Just a, a simple power shot from the edge of the area. If it's if it's timed, they go in as well. So what I've found fairly effective is a lot of the players you'll come up against now tend to, as we were discussing last week, tend to park the bus, and that is an issue in itself. What I found quite effective is if you have a player with really good shooting, especially shot power, and you're kind of in the area just inside the box, uh, especially if you're not that far inside the near post. Smash it on him, and then he'll do that stupid animation where he holds his balls because he's just been hitting it, and then you've got a free little dribble for a goal. I know, that's exactly what Ben was about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the plan B, if if it doesn't go in first time, basically. You know LB dribbling, so you can get a really nice kind of like close dribble. If you back off and dummy to go one way go the other but then i honestly like, i haven't really found it any more effective timing it but basically you smash it quite hard give it plenty of power if the player has good shot power and normally you see it unless they've moved their keeper near post which is kind of unlikely because of the fact that people cover the far posts generally if they're going to move the keeper you can just smash it with good power pointing directly 90 degree angle towards the goal and it should just fly in and, and actually I would say probably don't time it because if you get enough power and your player is good enough at shooting, you tend to get it on target. And again, because you've got that power, it's unlikely the keeper's going to get anywhere near it anyway. So I would say I know what you mean, Steve, about time finishing. And I agree. I would just say in certain situations, especially if you've got good shot power on the player, you've got a kind of position where it's unlikely that it's going to go anywhere but on target. Sometimes you can just get away with going for, for a blast, basically. No, it's, it's a good point. I mean, I actually experienced when I was streaming on Friday. I, I was leading a game 1-0 with my Road to Glory team. And in the final minute of injury time, the, the guy that I was playing against had an open goal. And he tried to time it and just screwed it wide with an open goal, which resulted in me leaning backwards, knocking over my green screen, chaos ensued <laughs> and what have you. Um, there are obviously times when, when it probably isn't advantageous to, to time your finish. But I, I think that what you say there is interesting because it, it raises as well the the wider view that you have to be aware of what, what the stats are on your player's card. You, you have to mm. have an understanding of your team. And I think that where a lot of players go wrong is that they'll switch the team up so often, they'll chop and change so much that they don't become familiar enough with their, their players, with their cards. And I yeah. think that when it comes to finishing, certainly knowing what a player's shot power is, it, it is certainly going to be valuable information when you're deciding whether or not you blast it or you place it or you know this is something that you've, you've got to have an awareness of that's another thing to do with communication or telling us how the game works as well 80 shooting and 80 shooting aren't the same thing even when you are someone who knows that and looks into the stats and be like okay this guy's got 86 finishing but low shot power and this other guy's got low finishing but high shot power and long shots and stuff and you can have two completely different players with the same stat but even then, we don't know what they do. It's so annoying. Like, what does finishing... Obviously, we can guess. And, like, people will say, are you stupid? You don't know what finishing does. And it's like, well, obviously, you've just made it up and assume... And, like, it's become such common knowledge that you assume that finishing is for shooting inside the box and that long shots is for shooting outside the box. But that definitely isn't what it is. It's not going to be that simple. And people have done tests on it. Where did you see that? If you give someone 99 long shots and one finishing... They're shooting outside the box is worse than somebody with 99 finishing and one long shots, mm, which doesn't make any logical sense to us because we've always assumed inside the box, outside. Like, so we don't know what the stats do, and that's why what Steve said is even more important. You've just got to play with your players and realise, yeah. oh, he is good from shooting outside the box because I've tried it in the last 15 games and it does work. Oh, he's not good from it. Do you know what I mean? Like You've just got to just trial and error, isn't it, really? You've got to get used to your players because yeah, we don't know what the stats also do. Obviously- Really keep an eye on those chem styles as well. You can get massive shot power boosts off certain chem styles, so that makes a real difference for sure. And actually, I mean, a perfect example of this is like I was using Oar, and we talked about him last week, or I attempted to practice him last week. Oar. Um, yeah, he was pretty poor. I mean, I, I was quite surprised, actually, considering his price. Um, he's probably the worst value for coins player I've used this year, for, for sure. And I was going to say on him, basically, as really quite low-ish shot power not ridiculously low but quite low I think it's in the 80s and essentially the shots that I was taking with Ibrahimovic 
kind of turn and shoot inside the box that I was talking about and um, with a decent amount of power just didn't seem to work with him the keeper would tend to get a touch on the ball and tip it past the post so I think really take a look at the stats of the players that you're using and make your shot selection based on that and obviously your position on the pitch as well and actually talking about looking at stats Andy as an Everton fan what do you make of that flashback Leighton Baines oh flashback Bainesy yeah. absolute scoundrels yeah giving him 79 shooting aren't they yeah, his his team of the years had, or team of the season, sorry, had outrageous shooting, didn't they? I'm just saying, just because stick the man in the hole of club. That's yeah, I yeah, mean, that, well, yeah, it's one of them things in it where, like, you see a car that's like, you see a centre back, and it's like 69 pace, unusable. 70 pace, holy <laughs> shit, this guy's overpowered. Yeah. I don't know, it's just, I just, I just quite would have liked him to have 80 in every stat. Yeah, yeah, it would have been quite nice. But otherwise, I still think he looks quite good, you know. And obviously, I'm being very biased because I'm an Everton yeah. fan. But in terms of Premier League left backs. There's not a plethora of options, and he actually does look alright. People use Chilwell. People actually use Chilwell on FIFA. Like that's when you know there's a problem. Yeah. So I mean, bring on Bainesy. He's obviously going to be better than Chilwell. So a lot of people arguing for Van Aanholt, which is fair enough. Van Aanholt's quite good as well. Yeah, he's got a uh, footmas card, doesn't he? Which is probably yeah. I use the footmas Van Aanholt yeah, at yeah. the moment in my team. He's good. So I'm just comparing him now. He's got better pace. Where's dribbling? Where's shooting? Where's defending? Worse physical and worse passing than Baines. So, mm. obviously, we've just talked about having to dive into the stats. He does have much better jumping. The same stamina, worse strength and worse aggression. All of his defending stats are worse. All of his passing stats are worse. All of his dribbling stats are worse. The only thing he's got on Baines, he really, is pace. Mm. Ben Arnold's never been a defender. Take, take that from a Sunderland <laughs> fan. Ne- never has yeah. been. Well, whack an anchor on Baines and... He's got 89 pace, he's got 92 defending, he's got 93 jumping, 99 aggression. He looks quite yeah. good. Yeah, the only thing I'd say for Baines is maybe his agility is a little low. 72 feels a bit feels a bit harsh, but but that's that's it really. He looks a solid card. I think, you know, I don't know how, what, how much he's going for, do you know? If you... It's like 130k on the PlayStation, but you get decent packs for it as well. I think. Consider how much Robertson is, I mean, it's not bad value at all. Doesn't get a strong link to Van Dijk though, that is a problem. His links are not so great, but I mean, you know, eventual uh, team of the season... Keen, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we did a few years ago. Never know. Perfect link. Keen's actually played good this year. That's what's sad about it. Everyone are just tragic. Yeah. Mate, Bandage Keen is peak Keen. <laughs> Unreal, mate. When he had that head bandage on, he was like, have you seen that really old picture? Is it the West Ham player? Oh, where he's got like... Yeah. Terry Butcher. Butcher, yeah. But, yeah, blood pouring out of his head <laughs> in that bandage thing. When Keen yeah. did a, got a... I can't, did he fracture his skull? I think he fractured his skull and he came back playing with like this cushion thing on him. He was like a man possessed. It was unreal. <laughs> he's actually been really good. It's just Everton in general are a bit shit. But he's obviously not going to get a team of the season anyway, but just shout out to Keane. He's actually been quite good. Yeah, nice to give Michael a shout out if he's listening. And Michael, if you enjoyed this week's podcast, please do subscribe, all the usual ways. Oh, and also, actually, the other thing to say is we did want to discuss FIFA point sales being stopped in Belgium, but we just don't have time, to be honest. So it's something we'll probably come back to in future weeks. Interesting discussion to be had. Um, thanks for all your questions. Again, it's one of those weeks where I've been super busy and haven't managed to collate your questions and emails and stuff, and we'll get them in in future weeks. Really appreciate them, as always. Thank you very much. And Steve, I think you've been streaming of late, haven't you? I have, yeah. It's been fun. Uh, I've been I've started a new Road to Glory account, which you've been helping me with in terms of team building, squad building. Yeah, I've been adopted as a director of football. So uh... You are. That, that's your official title, Ben. You, could, you can formally add that to any CVs that you... Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a very tense deadline day, as so we had to uh, get the squad sorted. <laughs> but, um, managed to do it in the end. We've ended up with a pretty nice squad for about 150k, I think, a, a mainly Serie A squad. I'll be streaming every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 10pm UK time, which is 5pm Eastern Seaboard time in the States. And if people want to tune in, they can find me on Twitch. Uh, the handle is The Foot Coach. And Andy, really appreciate you coming back to us after a bit of a break. It's good. I like having a good rant. It makes me feel better. <laughs> And uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. It's been great to have you again. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's podcast. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe. You can do that various different ways, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, If you go to our Twitter, at FootWeeklyPod, then you'll see those linked in the pinned tweet. See you next week, and have a good one. There are many ups and downs for foot players, and it's a bit like life, really. But sometimes things can get quite hard, and that's where the calm zone comes in. If you're feeling down and things are particularly difficult, then don't hesitate to go to thecalmzone.net for help, support, or just to chat. 
And of course, if you know anyone who needs support themselves, then just point them in that direction. Have a great week. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.